The Cardinals are swept in the wildcard series, ending not only their season abruptly, but also the careers of Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. Where did it all go wrong? Was this inevitable from the start? Who's to blame? All on today's elimination episode, so sad to say, of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio and follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. On YouTube, uh, YouTube, I should say, be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, make sure you're hitting that notification button. That way you know when uh, new videos are uploaded. You can also comment so you can interact with us there. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Well, that wasn't exactly how things were supposed to go, was it? Holy crap, it's over. Talk about a punch to the face, to the stomach, to the growing, wherever it hurts. Just a couple of days ago, we're riding high, feeling good about ourselves. The city is ready for this long and wonderful playoff ride. We've got the road to title number 12 to go on. We're just 13's away, th- 13 wins away from that. Got a couple of MVP candidates in the middle of our order. Some Hall of Famers are in there. The old man power of Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. September Yadi, if you will. Got some decent starters. A lights out closer. Pretty strong bullpen cast around him. What could go wrong? The Phillies come into the series just barely making the playoffs. Their star player, Bryce Harper, hasn't been hitting. They've got a very streaky offense with a few guys who underperformed all season. They're a below 500 road team, and they got to come to our house. And win two games where you've been a top 10 team all season. They do have a couple of excellent starters. We'll give them that. But if you can beat just one of them, you shouldn't have any issues moving on to the next round. Everything I just said is absolutely true. And most of us thought this way heading into the postseason. I'm sure there are people who thought the Cardinals weren't good enough. that didn't belong there. It's fine. But let's look at some of the concerns we had before the series started, okay? Number one, was this team doomed to fail heading into this series because of how they performed in September? It's a good question. After a tremendous August where this team peaked in all facets of the game, September, kind of meh. They did go 15-11, which is a winning record, right? But you were also playing your majority of games against teams like the Cubs, The Nationals, the Reds, the Pirates, they're bad teams. They face three teams with winning records in September. The Brewers, the Padres, and the Dodgers. They went 2-2 and against Milwaukee, 1-2 and against San Diego, and 1-2 and against the Dodgers for a combined 4-6 and record against playoff-caliber teams. The offense, which had been rolling in August, hitting 281, which was their highest team average of any month this season, hit a wall and fell to 227, their lowest in any month this season. Paul Goldschmidt struggled massively in the final month, hitting 245, 
with just two home runs, didn't hit a single dinger after September 7th. That's a long time. Nolan Arenado hit 221 after a huge August and hit just two home runs as well. His last one on September 24th, leaving him one shy of career home run number 300. These were your two best hitters all season. And seeing them struggle coming into the postseason wasn't a great sign. But I had faith that they would turn things around. I mean, they're Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Like, why wouldn't you think they'd be able to, you know, flip the switch, if you will, whenever they want? Especially with playoffs coming up. Uh, the pitching staff had issues coming in as well. Adam Rain- Wainwright dealing with the uh, dead arm issues. Had his worst month of the season. He went 2-3, and three, the ERA 7.22. By far his worst month of the year. Jordan Montgomery, 4-0, 1.76 ERA in August. Went just 2-3 and three with a 4.36 ERA in his final six starts. Jordan Hicks was on the IL with arm fatigue and neck spasms. So there were some red flags on some things, but you got Flaherty back. Quintana was outstanding. Michaelis had rebounded from a bad August. So it wasn't a huge concern coming in. It was more just of a uh, shuffling, if you will, of who your top two starters were going to be heading into the series. That was the question. Who who was going to start game one and two? Who was it going to be? And they narrowed it down, and they were like, you know what? We're going to go Quintana. We're going to go Michaelis. And nobody really cared about that. Nobody flinched at those two choices. They were fine. Number two concern was the Cardinals overall record of 93 and 69, which was the sixth best record in Major League Baseball. Was that a bit of a mirage considering how weak the National League Central was this season? I mean, that's a pretty good take, right? Because this division gross outside of the Cardinals and the Brewers. The Cubs were 74 and 88, which was 20th. The Pirates and the Reds both finished at 62 and 100 which was 28th and 29th in the league ahead of only the A's and the Nationals. The Cardinals went 13-6 and against Pittsburgh, 12-7 and against the Reds, and 13-6 and against the Cubs for a combined 38-19 and record, which means, if you do the math, and I think I did it correctly, they were 55-50 and against everyone else, which is a 523 winning percentage, which would not have gotten you into the playoffs this year. One of the things I was concerned about coming into this series was the fact that in the final days of the regular season, other than Albert charging towards 700 home runs, not a lot of urgency on this team to do anything, really. Uh, After they clinched the NL Central, there wasn't much else going on. There was the long shot of maybe catching the Braves or the Mets, but those ideas went out the window real quick. And you could always argue that resting guys – for the playoffs is, is a smart thing to do. But then you have the other side of it that maybe you lose your edge as a team when you do that. But then if you play all your guys and someone gets hurt, like Ryan Helsley against Pittsburgh, everyone crushes you for having your guys in the games that, quote, don't mean anything anymore. It's kind of a no-win situation. There's really no right answer there. Personally, I prefer playing the guys. I like to keep my dude sharp. I hope that some kind of injury doesn't happen, but you're playing the game. Injuries happen all the time. So you can get hurt in practice. You can get hurt in warmups. I've just never stayed good at something by not doing it anymore, personally. Like I've never gotten better or stayed sharp by just not doing something. Some guys, I get it. You may need to rest them due to injuries over 
the course of the season. And I get that. That's a different scenario. But again, no perfect answer on this type of stuff. It just is a, it's a personal preference of how you want to do things. So all of that going into this series, the Cardinals kind of had going against them. All right. Some reasons to be concerned. And we talked about this with Connor Thomas of Locked on Phillies. He's their host. And um, had discussions with him, not only for our podcast, but just in text in general, just talking about things. And I voiced my concern. I was like, I don't know, man. They, they didn't hit very well in September coming into the postseason. They haven't had to win a lot of games here recently because it didn't matter anymore. There was nowhere to go. They were stuck in that number three spot no matter what they did. Did it play a part into this? I don't know if I'm just making excuses for the team or this is real stuff. I don't know. These are just thoughts going through my my brain um, of why this collapse happened. Uh, we'll delve into the games themselves next. Uh, managerial decisions, where the mistake was made on the, the Helsley implosion in game one, at least where I think it was made. Uh, the offensive struggles. I've got all the stats of all the the ugliness that was the Cardinals offense in these two games. That's all coming up here on Locked on Cardinals. Now, we just went over a lot of stats already as to why the Cardinals might do what not do well in the postseason. Okay. I, I gave you the arguments of why they come into this series and why it wouldn't work out for them. And one thing we've learned is that the numbers don't lie in baseball and in life. And in the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology. It's powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who will always have your back. With those 24 7 professional monitoring agents set up for you, they call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch the police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Again, they've got your back. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room you've got, every window, every door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. They're monitoring experts. They use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. You can customize the perfect system for your home, and you can do it in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. You want to save money? We all do. I get it. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. That's right, free. That's what I said, F-R-E-E. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB so that you can learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, boys and girls. First off, this is the kind of mood I'm in. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm in my Jason Voorhees coffee mug murder type of mood. I'm dressed in all black today. I'm in mourning, folks. I am in mourning about this team. Like, so upset about this. The way it went down. It's gut-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching. I hate it. 
Game one on Friday. Went about as we'd all expected for the first seven innings. The Cardinals go in with Jose Quintana, who'd been their best pitcher down the stretch, and the Phillies went with their ace, Zach Wheeler, who had already thrown 14 straight shutout innings against the Cardinals this season. None of that is a surprise whatsoever. Runs were going to be at a premium, which is how it usually is in the playoffs. It's the best teams with the best pitchers going head-to-head, and if we've learned anything over the years, it's the good pitching will almost always beat good hitting. Sometimes the hitters can step up and, and, and do it, but For the most part, if you come in with better pitching than the other team, you usually win that series. It's one of the reasons I was worried about the Phillies being the Cardinals' opponent in the first round. I wanted them to play the Brewers. The Brewers have Corbin Burns, and they got Brandon Woodruff. Burns had just destroyed the Cardinals for most of the season, but in that last game against him, they figured something out and hit him pretty well. Woodruff, pretty good pitcher. They were able to beat him before, too. The Phillies come in, and they got two aces in Wheeler and Nola that can dominate at any moment. You would have to beat at least one of them or win one of the games that they were throwing in to win this series. Wheeler, you'd already seen what he'd done against the Cardinals. Nola, outstanding pitcher. And you hadn't seen these guys like you had seen the Brewers pitchers. You know, the familiarity, it it goes both ways. You could also say that the Brewers pitchers know the Cardinals hitters just as well. You can say that, but I'd rather see a pitcher that I've seen a few times than a couple of guys that I have had very little success against and haven't seen as much in this first round. Now in game one, both starters outstanding. Jose Quintana, what else can you say about this guy? He's absolutely brilliant. Throwing five and a third innings, he allows two hits, strikes out three, he walks none. Almost every single game, that he pitched with the Cardinals was outstanding. He had a couple of games where he gave up like four earned or unearned runs, but every game that he pitched as a St. Louis Cardinal this season, two earned runs or less. He gave you a chance to win every single time he took the mound. And he did it again in game one. Phenomenal. And some question as to why, why did Marmel pull Quintana? Why did he take him out? And I understand this line of questioning, and I've already heard it from many people. The reasoning, from what I've gathered, I I haven't read any of Ali's quotes or anything, if he said anything about it after the game, but I believe the reasoning of it was they didn't want the Phillies lineup to see him for a third go-around. That was the idea. Agree with it or not, that's pretty much how they use Quintana during the regular season. He He didn't go deep into games. Very rarely did he do that. And it worked. Like, he was very, very good over the over the time with the Cardinals. I mean, it's hard to argue with the results. Wheeler, right there with Q. Six and a third innings, two hits, four strikeouts, one walk. The ball, certainly not traveling all that well at Bush Stadium on Friday, which was evident on the uh, line shot by Pujols in the first inning, which, off the bat, I thought it was going to go over the wall in center. And it just kind of went, and just died in front of the wall. Smoked it. Then you had Arenado's fly ball. That I think everybody, I think Zach Wheeler, I think the Phillies, I think the I think every single person that was watching that game thought that was a home run when it came off of Arnado's bat in that fourth inning. As soon as he hit it, I was like, that's gone. I even said it out loud. I was like, that's gone. And it just hung. And then the wind knocks it down, like just swatted it, Mutombo style. Not in my house. 
it was so upsetting that Nolan, who, yeah, we know he shows emotion, but he throws his hands up. He's like, oh, my gosh, how is that not a home run as he trotted to first base? And I think we all felt his pain on that one. We thought it was gone. In the seventh inning, though, Dylan Carlson gets two out of walk, and then rookie Juan Yepes pinch hits for Corey Dickerson, and then he muscles one down the line and left. He knew it was gone off the bat. It was just a matter of whether or not it was going to stay fair. Gets the two-run dinger off of Jose Alvarado, one of the Phillies' best pitchers, to give the Redbirds a 2 to nothing lead. We're having fun then, aren't we, folks? We're having a good time. And as a fan, you feel pretty good about your chances. You got Gallegos on the mound, Helsley, Seemingly fine after his jam finger injury in Pittsburgh, getting warm in the bullpen. All the pressure is on the underachieving Phillies now. You got them right where you want them. Inning ends, 2 nothing Cardinals go to the eighth. Ollie makes his normal defensive changes with a lead in the eighth inning. He did it all of September. Newt goes to left. Deluzio goes into center. Carlson to right field. Paul DeYoung goes to shortstop. Edmund to second base. They pull Donovan. This is the script. And it's going beautifully. It's going beautifully. This is just the way you wanted it. Gallegos then gets the first out, but then walks Bryson Stott. Uh Uh-oh. Walks will haunt you. We know this. The Phillies decide they're going to pinch hit with Marsh for Beerling, and Ollie wastes no time. He wants Helsley, who again reportedly felt no issues on Thursday with that injured finger. That's what we were told. No issues whatsoever with the finger. You're also calling on him to get a five-out save, which is not something he normally did. It's usually three outs, get through an inning, and that was it. It's the playoffs, though. Helsley's been your dude. He's your all-star. He's your closer. I get it. I, I didn't hate the move at all. I didn't I did it at all. I was like, yeah, man, bring in the smoke. Let's go. Helsley has a tough first out, though. Looks a little wild but eventually strikes out Marsh on six pitches. Now, the wildness, you could you could chalk that up to be nerves. Could be that he's just amped up a bit for the playoffs. It happens to guys. But he gets the whiff nonetheless. Then he gets the NL home run champ, Kyle Schwarber, to pop out on four pitches, and we're out of the inning. Ten pitches, two outs, no big deal. Cardinals fail to do anything in the bottom half, so on to the ninth we go. And then they throw up this step. And the moment they did this, I think we all knew that the fix was in. I'm kidding. There was no fix. But you know how everybody jokes about jinxes and how commentators will jinx like a no-hitter or a hitting streak or something. But they throw up the, the stat of doom, if you will. The Cardinals were 93-0 and in their postseason history, dating back to 1926, when they led by at least two runs going into the ninth inning. And I always laugh when they throw up stats like this because none of these dudes were alive when all of that happened. Why does it matter what happened to a team in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s? Who cares? Like, what is that? None of these guys were playing then. What does that matter? But they dig up these stats, and it always just kind of triggers something like, oh, man, now you jinxed us. So the top of the ninth, Helsley, you know, a little wild again. He gets the leadoff guy, Hoskins, to strike out on six pitches, though. But the ball's kind of all over the place two outs away from beating the Phillies though on a day that Zach Wheeler started this is exactly what the Cardinals needed to do in game one to win this series because if Nola comes out in game two and you can't beat him you still got a game three right this is what you want JT Real Mewtwo comes up and on a 1-1 pitch he singles softly to left field they did it hard nothing special not great tying run comes to the plate though 
reigning NL MVP Bryce Harper, but this isn't the same Bryce Harper. This isn't the guy. He's been hurt. He struggled since coming back from injuries. He hasn't looked all that great at the plate. And they were talking about how he's stuck in between right now, where he can't catch up to the fastball. He's early on curveballs all over the place. And Helsley shows no mercy right away. gets ahead of him one, two on a swinging strike. And then 102 heat just blew it right past him. And then out of nowhere, three straight balls, not all that close to the zone either. Walks him. Oh crap. Go ahead. Run comes to the plate, but the boys are still double play away from ending this thing. Helsley's your guy. Still Maddox comes out, gives him the claw, talks to him. Doesn't appear to have anything wrong with him. Goes back to the dugout. Nick Cassianos is coming up. Again, Maddox just went out there. Spoke with Helsley. No problems. Everything seems to be fine. Because if there's something wrong with him, you speak up and you bring a trainer out. And you figure it out. This is where the first mistake, I think, was made. Castellanos has killed this team when he was a red, but he's had a down year. Still dangerous, though, but he's not Harper dangerous. You attack him. Let's get out of this thing, right? Ball one and ball two, not even close. All right, now something's wrong. Something's off. Castellanos does him a favor, swings and misses at the next pitch, pitch which was a uh, a slider, making the count two and one. The next two pitches, not even close. Ball four, bases loaded now. And here's where the other mistake was made, in my opinion. Clearly, Helsley is off. Something's wrong. He's either hurt. Something's off mentally. I don't know what it is. But instead of doing a medical visit here to ask about his finger or whatever the hell's going on in his head, Ollie leaves him in. Nobody comes out and talks to him. What about what you've seen in these last three hitters makes you think that Helsley will magically just snap out of whatever's going on with him and figure it out? That's not how it works. When have you seen that happen? And now we're in the playoffs against a really good team. His back's against the wall. He's throwing like crap. Leave him in. Now it's Alec Bohm coming up. Bases loaded, one out, still two to nothing Cardinals. Okay? So you're still, you're still winning. But everybody's starting to feel a little bit uneasy here. Like, you've got that nervous, like, everybody's looking around like, what, what, what's going on here? Ball one, in the dirt. Next pitch, fastball up, fouled off. Why Why Bohm is swinging right there, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. There's no way I would be swinging the bat at that point after seeing what Helsley was doing. Next pitch, fastball, plunks him. Makes the score two to one. Now, that's when they decide to come out and check on Helsley again. And this seemed like more of a ploy to me than anything, just to give Flaherty and Palante more time to get warm in the pen. But after the game, they said that Helsley started to lose feel for his pitches. You think? You think that's what was going on? Dude couldn't hardly throw a strike since the Harper at bat. It didn't take a medical professional to tell me something was wrong. Everybody in that stadium knew something was up, and they didn't do anything about it. So Ali decides to go with the rookie Palante with the bases loaded one out, clinging to a one-run lead in the ninth inning for his first playoff appearance. Hey, no pressure, kid. Just get on out there and do it. And I understand why 
He went with Palante. He wanted to induce the ground ball, double play to end it. It makes sense. He said if after the game, if he needed to get one out, he would have gone with Flaherty instead just to get the strikeout. But man, this is a, this is a rookie. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Palante looked good. He didn't do anything wrong. He gets the ground ball. And it was a weak, crappy ground ball. But unfortunately, the infield was in for a play at the plate instead of double play depth up the middle. So Gene Segura's weenie little grounder, which was a very good pitch by Palante, sneaks under the glove of the diving Tommy Edmond over at second base. Not only ties the game, but brings in the go-ahead run. Three to two is the score now. So what do you know? The walks that happened earlier in the game because Housley couldn't throw a strike, but you did nothing about it, end up scoring. Now you have pandemonium as the Phillies realize what they've just done. But it's still a one-run game. Let's let's not lose our minds yet. It's still three to two. Stats up next. And it's another good pitch by Palante. And he rips it. Hits it pretty hard. Hardest ball hit all inning. Hits it to the first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Great stop by Goldie. Diving. Makes the play. For some reason, Paul Goldschmidt decides he's going to throw it to home plate instead. So instead of turning two, he fires home. Guess who's over at third base? Former Cardinal Edmundo Sosa, who had pinched hit or pitch ran for Bohm. We know how well Sosa runs. It's one of the good things he can do. He is very fast. Outstanding speed. We're all well aware of this, right? Goldie fires at the home plate instead. Beats the tag by Yachty. It's not a force out play. Yachty's got to tag him. Run scores, four to two. Marsh then comes up, hits a soft grounder that may not have broken a pane of glass if it had hit it. Goes over to the left side of the infield, goes under Arenado's glove. Your nine-time gold glover, five-time platinum award winner, misses the ball completely. Five to two Phillies. They've hardly hit a ball that would cause a senior citizen to bruise. That's how light the contact has been and have somehow scored five runs in this inning. Then you get a sack fly by Schwarber, makes it 6-2 before the nightmare is over. What in the hell just happened? How did you go from two outs away and up two runs to losing by four? An epic failure and a meltdown in almost every way. Mistakes by two of your best infielders. Goldschmidt throwing home. Arenado just bleh, lets the ball go under his glove. I don't know what the hell happened there. Just unbelievable. Like, I'm still flabbergasted by it all. I still can't believe what I saw. The guys do score a run in the top of the ninth on a pinch hit single by Nolan Gorman. They had the tag run at the plate when Yachty struck out. Yachty's a terrible hitter now. Strikes out. But this was, uh, how do I describe how I felt in this? It made me want to vomit is kind of how I, that's probably the, the best way to describe things. Like, I wanted to puke after seeing what just happened. And it was so similar, if you guys remember the the collapse against the Dodgers in the regular season. Remember that? Just sickening. And this is happening now in the postseason. But after we calm down a little bit, it's one game. All right? It's one game. These guys are pros. And let's be honest. You kind of expected to lose at least one game to Wheeler or Nola, right? Wheeler's dominated them all year. But to have the game in hand the way you did and to blow it like that 
devastating. So devastating. We're going to talk about game two next. I need a drink after reliving all of that. I will say one of the great things about the fall. So what I'm drinking in here, not just coffee inside my kick-ass Jason Voorhees mug, but it's um, cinnamon apple cider. So good. So good. Get you some if you haven't. All right. So now the Cardinals are in a 1-0 hole. Have to pick themselves off the mat after one of the worst losses in not only franchise history, but Major League Baseball postseason history. The six runs scored by the Phillies were the most runs scored by any team in a postseason game. They were losing going into the ninth inning. Cool. So how do you do it? Where does the ability to forget and move on from this come from for game two? Well, we don't know. We still don't know. Because despite the combination of Michaelis, Montgomery, Gallegos, and Hicks holding the Phillies to just two runs in game two, the Cardinals offense did almost nothing. Philly starter Aaron Nola shreds them over six and two-thirds innings. He allows just four hits, strikes out six. The Cardinals attempted a comeback in the eighth inning when Newt walks with one out and then Albert Pujols singles in what would be his final plate appearance in the major leagues. But then Goldschmidt and Arnato, the guys you want up in those situations, fail again, both striking out to end the threat. In the ninth inning, they get two guys on again with singles by Dickerson and Molina in what would be Molina's final plate appearance in the majors. But Tommy Edmond pops out to end the game in the series. And that's it. Season's over. Cardinals managed just three runs in 18 innings, both on pinch hit appearances by rookies. Yepes's pinch hit home run and then Gorman's pinch hit single, both in game one. That's it. That's all they did. And that's where I'm going to point the blame on this one. Okay. Losing this series, I'm not going to blame it on Ollie making managerial, questionable managerial decisions in game one or on Helsley and his weirdo jammed finger that all of a sudden just he couldn't feel the the ball anymore. Somebody had the same situation in the uh, Indians and Tampa Bay Rays game, like the Rays reliever all of a sudden just couldn't feel the ball or something with his fingertips. I don't know what happens here, man. I've never dealt with that. But the offense, that was awful. That was pathetic. Specifically, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. These are your two best players, and they simply did not come through when they needed to. The MVP caliber duo went one for 15 with six strikeouts in the series. Goldschmidt looked completely lost at the plate. Arenado, he did hit some balls hard. He had the one fly out that looked like a home run that didn't happen. He got robbed on a line drive down the line by Alec Baum, who I who is now the most despised Philly. In my eyes, I hate him. I hate Alec Baum. I hate him like as a not as a person, <laughs> obviously, but the dude is just a cardinal killer, man. Alec Baum defensively was just who was that over there? Like he he looked like Arenado playing third base in this series. It was sickening. <laughs> I hated it every second of it. His beautiful long hair. Screw you, Alec Baum. Um, but back to Nolan and uh Goldschmidt. Game two performance, I mean, if you can call it that, 0 for 8 with five strikeouts. Counting last year's game against the Dodgers, the team is now 0-3 with Goldie and Arenado in the playoffs, and those two are combined 2 for 22. Now, I love Goldie and Arenado. Great guys, great players. But these are the numbers, and they tell a simple truth. 
They have sucked in the playoffs. Plain and simple. They have sucked in the playoffs. In eight career playoff games for the Rockies and the Cardinals, Nolan Arenado is batting 152 with a 143 on base percentage and a 242 slugging percentage. In his last 10 postseason games for the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt has only five hits and 39 at bats for a 128 batting average and a strikeout rate of 37%. That is terrible. The team cannot, this team cannot overcome their two best hitters pulling a disappearing act in the postseason and expect to win anything, ever. And it's not like the guys around them did much better. The Cardinals had a combined 12 hits, 11 of them singles, all except Yepes's two-run homer. That's it, man. And against the two Philly starters in this series, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, they had a total of six singles and 44 bats. Again, Wheeler and Nola are very, very good. I get it. But the Cardinals have to be better. You just have to be better than this. They've lost their last five postseason games. They have not won a playoff series since beating the Braves in the 2019 Division Series. They've reached the postseason in each of the last four years, which is great. But if you don't win anything, what's the point? They've gone four and 11. It's frustrating. And when we all talk about this stuff and about like, well, yeah, we can win the Central, but if we're not going to win the World Series, what's the point in all this, right? We now say goodbye to Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and perhaps Adam Wainwright, who when asked about his future said, we'll see what happens. We should know pretty soon if something happens. If not, it's been a good run, and thank you, St. Louis. I, for one, hope he comes back. Until the last month, he was arguably the most consistent and best pitcher on the staff. A healthy Flaherty, Montgomery, Michaelis, Mats, and then Wainwright. It's not too shabby of a rotation. Uh, Quintana's a free agent, but if Wayno does retire, maybe they try to bring him back. He seemed to enjoy his time in St. Louis. Love the team, love the town. Threw very well here. There was so much magic within the regular season, and that's what makes this so tough. All wounds seal, but this one stings, and it's going to sting for a while. And knowing that we won't see number four and number five in this uniform ever again makes it even worse. It hurts, man. That's why I'm in all black today. I'm in mourning. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. Sorry it ended this way. I'm sorry this is what happened. I feel bad for everybody. None of us expected this. But we got to get through it. So do whatever it is you got to do to make yourself feel better about things. I know I will. I'm going to keep drinking my cider. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back with more on Locked on Cardinals tomorrow. We'll see you then. 